Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a great sign-up offer for our listeners. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit, and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free up to $1,000 in eligible states. To get started, all you have to do is click on the Action Network link in this episode description. Okay, let's get things started. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus Sources Edition, presented by WinBet. This is the BBOC podcast that ties Big J journalism to Big Bets. My co-host, the award-winning, news-breaking, Action Network's own Brett McMurphy. I am an action senior writer, known stat junkie for a passion for pushing money across the counter, Colin Wilson. Brett, what's your instant take from a crazy week two? I'll sum it up in two words. Quack. Quack. I don't even know what to say because this is a team that I took the team total under. I didn't take to win the North. I, how, how bad is it that I said Washington plus 130 has value when I think they've played as many quarters as they've scored offensive points this year? So yeah, what is going on with this Oregon, Ohio State? There's so much to break down there. Yeah, look, I mean, Mario Cristobal and it's and the Ducks made the biggest splash this past weekend. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but Cristobal considered being a secret service agent early in his career. <laughs> Obviously, there's nothing secret about the Ducks now is they dominated Ohio State without their two best defensive players. That's what was most impressive to me. I'm now projecting them to make the college football playoff. Is that an overreaction? Certainly, I think we'll see. Poor Trojans. One thing is very plain and simple. 
If it wasn't before, it should be now. Iowa's Kirk Ferentz simply owns Iowa State's Matt Campbell. He's now 5-0 and against Campbell. Ferentz got emotional afterward talking about what this win meant to him and the Hawkeyes. By the way, Ferentz is the longest tenured coach in college football. He began back in 1999. That's the year, not the Prince song. <laughs> and in Iowa's first two seasons, Colin, guess how many games they won in Ferentz's first two seasons? I have to go back and think. I was in year two of Houston Nutt. Uh, I have to think where the college football landscape was. I'm going to go with they won six total games. That's a great guess. They were four and 19. Mm. I mean, that's crazy. Imagine an AD sticking with a coach that started four and 19 this day, uh, these days. And also last week, you know, I know we're going to get to it eventually. Nice hat, by the way. (laughs) Yes, sir. Arkansas. Yes, sir. The Hogs, very, very impressive handling Texas. I don't think it was a fluke either. I think Arkansas is legit. I know you you explained that to me on Saturday. I wouldn't listen. From now on, (laughs) I will listen to you. Also, Notre Dame and Texas A&M, look, they did enough to survive and avoid monumental upsets. Nobody's going to remember those close wins if those guys can keep having success the rest of the year. But the biggest winner of the week, hands down, the BYU Cougars. One day after getting their official invitation to join the Big 12, the Cougars upset, hated in-state rival Utah, is Kalani Sataki danced on the sideline getting Gatorade or Bass in the <laughs> final minutes. Like Arkansas fans defeating Texas, BYU fans also stormed the field. But I don't know if you noticed there was one difference. The biggest difference was the BYU fans actually apologized (laughs) when they bumped into someone on the field. Finally, to wrap up last week, I want to send my heartfelt condolences out to the Red Box Bowl. May it rest in peace. For the second consecutive year, the San Francisco Bowl will not be played and it's doubtful the bowl will ever return. Colin, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure we will be able to survive now with only 41 bowls this season. Only 41 bowls, which we I must mention that your bowl preview came out. Uh, you have Arkansas in the Birmingham Bowl. I, I first wanted to – I almost <laughs> side-texted you. What the hell is this? How do you beat Texas like that and you stick us in the Birmingham Bowl? Okay, I'll give you a <laughs> brief synopsis. But basically, after the Citrus Bowl – the rest of them are basically in a big pool. So there it's there's really no rhyme or reason. Um, you could get higher up, maybe the Gator, maybe the Outback, uh, maybe the Mayo Bowl, but they're kind of all grouped together. So it's not a slight to your hogs. 15th in the AP poll, right? And you yeah. had a you had a vote in that, and now you're slotting us in the Birmingham Bowl. I, I want some mayo, I want some citrus, I want something big. Uh, breaking news, Colin. Bull bids are not handed out in mid-September. <laughs> yeah, well, good good thing for Scott Frost and Clay Helton. So many things to talk about with what, what you mentioned. I mean, Oregon is negative yards per play this season. Clay Helton no longer has Clancy Pendergast to, like, have as, like, I can fire my defensive coordinator and blame it on the defense. I mean, he really has no other, uh, you know, excuses for what's happening with that program. Uh, and BYU, man, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, down at Baylor, and they don't miss a beat. And I know their new offensive coordinator has been with Sataki since the Utah day, but but that was a, a just a fabulous win for that program. And uh, it, it's interesting to them in the Big 12 is just massive. And uh, 
Well, let's move on. Let's. I think the big takeaway for me, for everybody that's out there, you know, looking for a betting deliverable from this podcast, I've started to notice that home underdogs are making people money at the window. Uh, they're 15 and 10 against the spread so far this season for double digit home dogs to teams that are on the road for the first time. And you say, well, why is that important? Because these coaches and these players have not gotten on a bus, gotten on a plane and been in front of 80,000, 60,000, 50,000 people. So, I mean, it's it's got to be intimidating. I mean, some of these kids are sophomores, maybe juniors, and they've never played in front of a crowd, a hostile crowd. So when you look at that, uh, you know, 15 and 10 so far against the spread for double digit home underdogs. Who fits that profile this week? Eastern Michigan minus 18. They're hosting UMass. And I know everybody laughs at UMass just covered BC. Uh, Coastal is minus 11 to Buffalo. Alabama's minus 16 to Florida. One of the biggest games of the weekend for me. SMU is minus 13 and a half to La Tech. Stanford, I don't understand. I mean, I get it with Vanderbilt and the loss to East Tennessee State, but Stanford minus 11 on the road. Have we flipped that fast? And then Iowa State is minus 31 against UNLV. Sadly, I don't think anything can get me to take UNLV. You're going to place a wager on UNLV this this week? No, I'm not. It's funny, the Stanford-Vanderbilt game, that's actually a matchup of two top 15 teams based on the U.S. News College reports. <laughs> yeah, they're, I mean, look, you got to hold your, your numbers. Your numbers tell, tell the story, but, you know, human nature is, oh, my, I don't want to take these bad teams, but you just got to hold your nose and take yeah. those big numbers at home and hope they keep it close. Yeah, I can't wait to get my UMass in to, for everybody on the Action Network app. <laughs> I'll start right. following, you at the, following you at that point. I don't even know what to put in the notes section. Like if I put a UMass bet in, what do I put in the notes section? Like I have no stat to back up the play. It's just, it's too high. Put in your notes section, UMass or UMass. Take your pick. (laughs) And now as a quick reminder to our listeners, the Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook. And they've got a great signup offer for you guys this season. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free, up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit, and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free up to $1,000 in eligible states. $1,000. So take advantage of this win bet offer. Just click on the Action Network link in the episode description. You must be 21 or older to gamble. Know when to stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we're going to pivot. Our next segment is the AP Top 25, which Brett has a vote in, versus the Action Network Top 25. This is where we do a comparison. Brett puts out an article every Sunday, uh, the AP vote versus what we have power rated at the Action Network. There is a large discrepancy, and it's been this way for years, about what odds makers have the power rating behind the counter versus what the AP voters are. And so we're going to try to tie those together. Auburn is in the AP at the Top 25. They came in at 25th. Action Network, we have them 18th. Really, it's a sandwich of a dozen teams that are all within two power rating points in the Action Network uh, rankings. And that goes up against, you know, the AP top 25. So there's, you know, the ability for a dozen or so teams to go from, say, 17th to 28th, because Texas is 17th in the Action Network power ratings. LSU is 28th. There's only two points that separate them. So, you know, we get past that. We look at North Carolina as 21st in the AP versus the Action Network's 13th. Uh, but Iowa State really didn't take a big fall in, in the AP poll. They went to 
14th versus Action Network 11th. Uh, hopefully AP voters are thinking the same as I did. I mean, they were spotted. Iowa spotted that the 42 yard line is averaging starting field position for turnovers. Uh, I, you know, with the AP vote, Brett, where did you have them come in? I voted Iowa state at 23rd. Yeah. And, you know, look, part of the thing is, and I understand the power ratings and how they're going to differ, but also, you know, as, as voters were instructed that, you know, if a team loses, don't be afraid to drop them a lot. If a team has a big win, don't be afraid to move them up a lot. You know, the old days where we just used to shuffle teams two or three spots based on a loss or a win are gone. And again, I know Iowa State's better than this, but look at let's it's a two-game snapshot. Yeah. An almost loss to Northern Iowa and a loss to, to Iowa. So yeah, you could make an argument. I wouldn't disagree that they don't even deserve to be ranked based on a close win against Northern Iowa, but I am giving them some credit that obviously I think they're better than, than what the record states. Obviously I'm probably the outlier because I've got them ranked outside the top 20 where I think everybody else probably put them in the top 15. That's why they come in where they do. Yeah. Another big discrepancy, an undefeated G5 team in coastal Carolina uh, came in the AP at 16th. The action network has them at, 33rd. And just as a comparison, like Coastal and App State are both within a single PR point uh, and they have a five point gap with Louisiana uh, in the Sun Belt. So something to keep your eye on because Coastal is just going to continue to rise up the rankings before the college football playoff uh, rankings come out. Cincinnati is going to be up there assuming they beat Indiana uh, and Notre Dame. And then the big one, the biggest discrepancy of the week easily is BYU. The AP poll had them at 19th. The Action Network, we only have them at 59th. And you know, Brett, to pivot to you, teams that would be favored over the Cougs on a neutral that aren't in the top 25, Maryland, Washington, Nebraska, Virginia. <laughs> Does BYU at win bet, 1,000 to 1 odds, do they have a chance to win the national championship? No, it should be a million to 1. But again, <laughs> you know, you beat a Utah team that was ranked in the top 25. They did beat Arizona. Um, I think they're leading the Pac-12 right now at 2-0. and I'm as guilty as everybody. Maybe you overreact some when you have a when a team has a big win, but they are one of a handful of teams that have two wins over Power Five teams to open the season. Um, Utah, they were my you know our first podcast we did out of the gate. They were my dark horse to win the Pac-12. That's still alive. It doesn't look as good. So I have no issue with BYU being number 19. That's where I ranked them. That's where they came in the AP poll. But yeah, when you when you put it up against their power rating and they slide in at number 59, you're like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. It makes, makes you scratch your head a little bit. Well, Arkansas came in at 20th in the AP poll, uh, and it's nice. I'm glad that we get that little buffer here against Georgia Southern before we're eventually going to fall out with three straight against Texas A&M, Georgia, and Ole Miss. Just a, a brutal schedule coming up for the Hogs. But Notre Dame, let me ask you a question. The AP poll has them at 12th. I'm not sure how many of the voters are actually watching these Notre Dame games, but the AP poll has them at 12th. The Action Network power ratings have them at 37th. If you take the same placement of the AP poll of Notre Dame into the Action Network rankings, it would be their head-to-head against UCLA. You said it would be a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Notre Dame. Does that surprise you? Yeah, it does. It, it does a great deal. I remember last week when I did my bowl projections, I had – UCF playing Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, and you you had your projected spread was UCF was favored over Notre Dame. And I remember yeah. I texted you and I said, is this accurate? Did, did <laughs> they actually flip the spread? And you're like, no, UCF is power rated higher than Notre Dame. Uh, look, Notre Dame gets a lot of credit because of who they are. I actually dropped them a couple of spots this week on my ballot. I dropped them down to 13. 
um, because of their close call against Toledo. Yeah, you know, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. You see the power ratings compared with the rankings, and you're like, man, these are really off. But to defend the, the rankings a little bit, just a little bit, not a great deal, you do want to reward teams when they win, and you do want to penalize teams when they lose. If not, Alabama could go nine and three, and they'd probably be a top five ranked team because of their power rating. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Alabama could take a loss. If it's a bad box score, they won't have any hurt in the power rating whatsoever. That's the difference between an odds maker and an AP voter. And I think these final two teams really kind of show the discrepancy. Iowa AP t- uh, number five, Oregon AP number four. But in the Action Network, we have them ranked 12th and 16th respectively. And I think, you know, some of the big differences, you know, currently Iowa ranks 117th in tackling, 120th in pass blocking, 110th in passing success rate. You know, they have 80 to one odds, which kind of back up the fact that we've got them ranked 12th. As far as Oregon goes, 30, 30 to one odds win the national championship via win bet. Uh, but they're outside the top 50 in running and passing success rate. You know, Ohio State just didn't adjust. Do you like the Oregon's chances to, to make the college football playoff? Do you think 30 to one provides good value? Actually, I do, because, you know, as we talked about last week, do you want to do you want to find value on the best player on a team that can win a national championship and play that person for the Heisman? Or do you want to play a team that has a better odds to win the national title? I don't think Oregon has a legit Heisman Trophy candidate. You know, I think C.J. Verdell at running back, Anthony Brown at quarterback, they would split votes anyway if Ohio State – excuse me, if Oregon could run the table. But you look at their schedule, I mean, it's – they should start 6-0 and till they go at UCLA. At Washington shouldn't be that difficult. And at Utah, I mean, they – again, look, anyone can be upset. They may end up 6-6 and and I'll look like an idiot. But the schedule looks like it sets up nicely now that they got Ohio State out of the way. And, Colin, I think before the year, I don't think Oregon was ever really given much of a chance because 99.9% of the population, the other 0.01% lives in Eugene, already had (laughs) Ohio State beating Oregon, and that's why I don't think they were a consideration. That's why I'm projecting them now to get into the playoff because, wow, they got past this huge hurdle and again, the, the, your numbers, Action Network's numbers, only rank them at 16. Um, those are legitimate numbers. But still, I think if you look up, down the schedule, Oregon could be a surprise team. I don't want to compare. I don't think they're as talented as that LSU team was. But that LSU team came out of nowhere, too, mm-hmm. to win a national title. Can Oregon do the same thing with Mario Cristobal and his background? He was an offensive line coach at Alabama. This is this is not your your cliche Pac-12 team. This is a team that wants to be physical, that wants to run the ball. They just happen to be in the Pac-12. So I I think they got a shot. It's amazing that a Pac-12 team, and credit to Mario Cristobal, that the trench dominated Ohio State. And yeah. what does that mean long term? It means Oregon go to the college football playoff, and they can hang in the trench with an SEC team. That is a really big thing because Pac-12 is supposedly soft and can't hang with the big boys, but Cristobal has developed a team that can uh, compete with SEC teams. So I'm not sure they're going to make it. I think everybody needs to circle their calendar for October 23rd when Oregon goes on to face Chip Kelly and UCLA. It's got to be, I'm I'm looking ahead way too far in the season, but I'm just jacked about that game that the drama with Chip Kelly and uh, Oregon coming to town. So, Oh yeah. 
All right, so we're going to move on to our 60 seconds with sources. Uh, this is the segment where I get to ask Brett as many questions as possible in a 60-second span. And if my gambling ears hear something, I get to call a timeout on Brett to explain himself. Uh, so it, really, this is, you know, maybe we can get ahead of some of this news that breaks. Maybe we can get a, an advantage at the window. Uh, that's hopefully something in this segment. If I hear something out of Brett, like he's holding something back, maybe we can find something in there. All right, Brett, are you ready? Let's go. All right. The clock starts now. Ohio State is 30 to 1 odds via win bet to win it all. Will they make the playoff? No. <laughs> you broke the news last week. The Red Box Bowl was canceled. Uh, will we lose any more bowls this season? No. Who is your dumpster fire team from last week? Florida State. <laughs> Big 12 is adding BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. Which new member will have the most early success in the Big 12? UCF. Interesting. And Sar- Sarkeesian, Steve Sarkeesian announces Casey Thompson will start a quarterback for Texas. Who will end up having more success for UT this season, Thompson or Hudson Card? Casey Thompson. Yeah, which Power 5 league will not make this year's college football playoff? Go ACC. All right, stop the clock. From a Heisman perspective, Casey Thompson got up around 50 to one, I think, at win bet uh, before the season started. And everybody that was betting Texas to not just make the playoff or win the national championship or win the Big 12, they have a Casey Thompson ticket in their back pocket. And those odds right now are probably pretty nice. And you saw the explosiveness at the end of the game. The reason it went over 57 against Arkansas is because Casey Thompson came in and started moving the chains and having explosive plays. And that is Sark's biggest issue right now is that Texas had 0% explosive drives against Louisiana and Arkansas. Casey Thompson is an explosive quarterback, so I can't wait to see what happens there. And as far as you leaving the ACC out, no love for Clemson and that offensive line to uh, blow the rest of the schedule out. Schedule's too soft the rest of the way. I think the, <laughs> actually the loss by Ohio State hurts, uh, hurts Clemson. Um, right. If Ohio State now runs the table, they'll have a tougher schedule than Clemson had. If Oregon loses one game, they've got the Ohio State win to bolster their resume. I think this loss by Ohio State really hurt Clemson in the long run. Amazing weekend coming up with Penn State. We're going to see how much of a contender they are in the Big Ten. If they, if Urich keeps Sean Clifford building his confidence, getting them going, could be a very interesting year in the Big Ten. Let's move on to our putting the high in Heisman odds via win bet. Uh, there, there's a handful of quarterbacks out here. It looks like John Robinson kind of fell off the map in, in the Heisman voting. What do you think about Bryce Young, you know, plus 350, Matt, Matt Corral, uh, six to one, Spencer Rattler down to six to one after beating the Leathernecks, uh, 76 to zero. Uh, the one that really interests, you know, me the most, Brett, is CJ Stroud. He's 10 to one. They just come off a loss, but he has more big time throws. He has eight of them than any other power five quarterback. It's in the numbers. His numbers have actually been really good. Yeah, I mean, look, I I would have loved to what what was Bryce Young to open the season? Do you know? 15 to 1, 18 15. to 1. Yeah. I mean, think about that, right? I mean, let's do we have a time machine? Can we go back in time? <laughs> I mean, think about that. You're basically you have 15 to 1 on Bama to win the national championship. Because mm-hmm. if Bama wins a national championship, Bryce Young is going to win the Heisman. It's not that simple, but it is that simple. Now he's at plus 350. Bama's odds are to win the national title. They're half that. If I was smart, I'd put something on Bryce Young to win the Heisman because I'm basically getting double the odds I am to place on Bama winning the national title. Um, I, I Again, it's it's tough to be the the leader this early in the season. Uh, you know, look, they could lose at A&M. 
But if you think Bama's going to roll the table, go undefeated, then take Bryce Young right now to win the Heisman. You'll get better odds than Bama to win the national title. It's a really good betting point. I, I would absolutely do that. And, you know, just a couple stats on Bryce Young. He has seven TD passes, but only, he only has three big-time throws, which speaks to the level of explosive playmakers that Alabama has. He can dump off anywhere, and it can turn into a touchdown. Spencer Rattler, it's it's kind of noteworthy. He has zero big-time throws this season and three turnover-worthy plays, not something we expected from a guy that was five to one uh, leading the Heisman odds uh, throughout the season. And then I don't even know what to say about DJ Uyunglele. I mean, just one TD and an interception against South Carolina State. The, things are getting worse at Clemson. Uh, from an offensive line perspective in the trench, haven't figured it out yet. Sam Howell has fallen completely off the table. You know, eight sacks already this season. They can't protect him. He's tied for fifth most sacks. Uh, that offensive line has not done a good job. And then Derek King, is he hurt? He has the lowest average depth of target at 7.3 yards in his career. He's listed at 40 to 1 via win bet. Any of these long shots kind of stick out to you? You know, the message board geniuses at Oklahoma, some are calling that Rattler should be benched. So <laughs> it's, why, it's why we love college football, I guess. I mean, at this point, Matt Corral at, at Ole Miss, he's got some good numbers. He's got some monster numbers. But look at the rest of his schedule at Bama, at Auburn. AM and LSU at home. They're going to be a dog in at least four more games. Again, I don't agree with this, but because the Heisman's become such a team award, you know, if it if a player's got three losses, maybe t- maximum of two, but if a player is, is on a team with three losses, I really don't think they're le- they've got a legitimate shot unless they put up Barry Sanders type numbers that just blows everybody away. So Colin, I really, I really don't see anyone out there that I would I would be willing to to take a take a chance on just because of the uncertainty of their teams and how well they'll do down the stretch. Well, I'm going to say this and our voicemails might take off like a rocket, but uh, Bo Nix has the highest adjusted completion percentage in the nation at 89.5%. He is 29 of 39 on the year, but if you look further into that, he has five drops. I mean, there's almost, uh, he's almost perfection with Mike Bobo as the offensive coordinator going into Penn State. If Bo Nix has a huge game beats Penn State, I mean, this is a different conversation. Bo Nix season in full effect. Listen, before we peel off this Heisman segment, if Desmond Ritter puts up five touchdowns and no interceptions, are you going to give it at least – can you give me just one second of thinking of voting for him for the Heisman? Can I get at least that? Uh, it puts him in position if they can beat Notre Dame. They've got to go 12-0. and 0. They have to yeah. run the table. Absolutely yeah. have to run the table. Yeah, WinBet, I mean, great odds on, on the Heisman, and, and they were posting odds on – uh, who will make a, who will finish top three in the voting and who will go to New York. And Desmond Ritter was the the bet that I made easily throwing down on 30 to one on him, just going to New York. So if that happens, I'll, I'll be a paid man. So, all right, let's move on to our segment. Name the college football playoff. These odds are by win bet. Let's go ahead and talk, go down the list. Bama plus 150, Georgia plus 320, OU plus 650, Clemson 12 to one to win the national title, Ohio state down to 15 to one. Oregon at 30 to one. Brett, who are you taking out of this list to win the college football playoff? And which one maybe down do you think has a chance to get in that has good odds? Well, I mean, I've got Oregon projected to make it. I I, I don't know if they could win it, but certainly um, you know, I think 30 to one's worth a shot for Oregon to win it. Then if they get in the playoff, you can hedge that. Again, I, I picked Alabama before the year. Uh, nothing's changed on that. Uh, their odds are minuscule at this point. That's why I would recommend taking Bryce Young to win the Heisman instead of playing Bama to win the national title. 
And I guess if you think I'm wrong about Clemson and the ACC getting shutting out of the, the playoff, maybe take a run on, on Clemson. If they get in the final four, look, they got a, they get a good a shot as anybody that you would think they would be healthy at the end of the year because they simply don't play anyone for the next, next 10 weeks. Um, but they got to get in there first. Florida 80 to one going up against Alabama this weekend. Uh, is the world ready for uh, that? This Richardson kid that is just lighting things on fire. Dan Mullen mentioned today on Monday that he basically is is nursing a little hamstring tweak from the USF game on Saturday. I'm sure he'll be ready to go on Saturday, but they've got to, you know, what are they going to do at quarterback? Emory Jones or Richardson, um, you know, people that cover the school closely there, people I've talked to in Gainesville, it's, it's obvious. Richardson's had the better start, but is he the best long-term solution? Um, I'm sure we'll see both of these guys Saturday in Gainesville. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to see. I mean, if there's there's a bigger question at hand, which is what is Todd Grantham going to do on third down? Continually cannot stop third downs. Uh, I, I think <laughs> if we go with long shots on the list, Auburn's 200 to one. We talked about them. Cincinnati 200 to one. I, I don't know how they get into the playoff. Virginia Tech's in the AP top 25. They're listed at 200 to one. Uh, it just seems extremely improbable. Uh, no long shots for me. Do you have anything from a, from an Ole Miss or a Wisconsin or Arizona State perspective? I'd rather just. Light my money on fire. Thank you. <laughs> That's how I feel when I was uh, when you bet on Michigan games. Not last week. Harbaugh. Oh boy. I called oh, that no, one, by the way. one of the few I got right Saturday. Yeah, we're gonna take Washington <clears throat> team total unders until until the money evaporates from my wallet. All right, <laughs> this has been Big Bets on Campus Sources Edition. Tomorrow afternoon, you can hear our red hot group of five experts, Mike Ionello and Mike Calabrese on our G5 deep dive episode. And late, late Thursday night, Stucky and I will return for our week three betting preview all right here on the BBOC podcast. Brett has to get back to blowing up athletic directors' phones. I have to get back to watching the screen light up like a Christmas tree. Thanks for joining me, Brett. Thanks, Colin. Enjoyed it. See everyone at the window. (laughs) 